lost boy, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, your source for all things horror and Netflix and vampires. Well, and killing and vampires. I mean, those kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. You have to kill to survive. So today, we're here to talk about The Lost Boys. It's not on Netflix anymore, but it was for a while. Mm -hmm. That's where I first saw it, so we still get to talk about it. Mm -hmm. This is one of your favorite movies, right, Marty? Yeah, actually. um, It's one of the movies that made me, like, really into vampires and stuff. Um, I actually watched What We Do in the Shadows first, and then, like, I realized, oh, they're referencing a lot of vampire movies. And then so I went and watched a few that they had referenced and, like, fell in love with them. And then just, like, just fell in love with the vampire genre. So yeah. that... It's a really good genre of film. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. Um, really fast to start things off. I think most of you have listened before, but if you haven't, I'm Kai. I'm Marty. We like horror movies. We like vampires. We won't be last boys, baby. I really do. Honestly, like, I'm not ashamed to say that I have molded some of my style off of the characters in this movie. definitely. Like, especially for that time period where I had my hair bleached. Mm -hmm. I was, like, I was feeling the vampire vibes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, you know, it it pays to invest in a leather jacket and some feather earrings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so... The Lost Boys, uh, you know, is about a group of vampires who live in Santa Carla, California, and um, the movie starts out with uh, this family moving to Santa Carla to live with the mom's dad. It's, um, so, like, it's two brothers and a mom and their dog, and they're moving to Santa Carla, so the two boys are named Sam and Michael, and the mom is Lucy. And so they move to Santa Carla and, like, already you can tell stuff is kind of off because, like, there's just, like, a bunch of people walking around, like, stealing food and, you know, there's, like, a big homeless population on the on the boardwalk and uh, there's, like, a million missing persons posters posted up everywhere. And yeah, it's kind of gritty. Yeah, and, like, literally once they pass the, uh, the billboard that says, Welcome to Santa Carla, the back of it says, Number one murder capital in the world. <laughs> so, like, there's that going for you. Um, and so, like, they're moving f- from Arizona to C- California to live with, uh, the mom, Lucy's dad, their grandpa. And <laughs> when they get there, they think he's dead. Uh, but he's not. He's just laying down on the front porch. He's a very silly character. He, he is very silly. He's that silly. kind of grandpa who, like, always plays pranks on you, you know? Mm-hmm. So my grandpa, it reminds me a little bit of my grandpa, because he used to do this thing where he would, like, say silly stuff just to make me mad as a kid, but, like, in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Like, he would always be like, you watching that Scooby-Doo, the cat that goes meow? <laughs> or just, like, you know, just silly stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's, like, really, like, a really fun, silly character, but, like, once they get there and they think he's dead, Sam, the younger brother, goes, if he's dead, can we go back to Arizona? Because, <laughs> like, he just really doesn't want to 
be living in Santa Carla, and, like, most of them don't, but I don't remember why they moved there. I think it had something to do with... Their parents got divorced, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's because the parents got divorced, and so, like, they had to move. Which is, like, a very big theme in coming-of-age films in the 80s. Yeah, it's like the parents are divorced. That happened in E.T., too. (laughs) So they get there, and then, like, the grandpa gets up, he's like, I'm not dead, you idiot, and then, like... Walks him around the house, and his house is, like, really dusty and dirty and old and, um, full of taxidermy. (laughs) Like, there's a, there's a running gag in the movie where, like, the, the grandpa will make some taxidermy stuff and then stick it in Sam's room. (laughs) And, like, Sam thinks there's something in his room at one point, and he, like, gets really scared, and he walks to the closet, and he opens it, and it's a taxidermied owl, and he screams. That's <laughs> uh, really funny. It's um, really funny. So, the, the grandpa's weird, and um, so, like, after that, they go out one night to the beach. They're on, like, the boardwalk where, like, all the carnival stuff is, and uh, Michael, the older brother, runs into... Uh, this group of boys who, uh, really rowdy, really rowdy boys. Uh, their leader is named David, and then the other three are Marco, Dwayne, and Paul. And then they have a girl with them. Her name is Star. 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 <laughs> and Michael is, like, smitten by Star. He's, like, talking to her, like, the whole night until, like, David intervenes and, like, Grabs her and is like, Star, we have to go home now. Star. And, like, kind of just, like, antagonizing Michael into, like, racing them on their motorcycles. Um, meanwhile, Sam ends up at a comic book shop with these two weird boys that run it. <laughs> and their names are um, Edgar and Alan Frog. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. I know, it's so, it's so funny. But, like... So, like, these two boys are, like, extremely serious to the point of hilarity, and they, like, ask him questions about, like, comic books and, like, well, if you're a real comic book nerd, blah, 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 blah. Sam's, like, schooling them on, like, Superman comics and, like, where they should be placing the comics because, like, these aren't even in chronological order, blah, blah, blah. And they're, like, and they're all, like, well, if you're a real comic fan, you should read these. And they're, like, trying to show him all these vampire comics. Mm-hmm. It's, like, like, oh, that's lame. And... It's, like, die bloodsucker or whatever. And it's, like, how to survive a vampire, whatever. And it's, like, it looks like published comic books. So, like, I think they just picked up some and was like, these are the real rules for vampire hunting. And, <laughs> and just went with it. They take everything so incredibly seriously. I know, it's, it's so really funny. funny. So, so Sam's like, okay, you guys are fucking weird, but I'll take them. I mean, it's free comics. And so, <laughs> when he gets home, he starts reading them. And then, like, starts noticing that some weird stuff is happening with his brother. But, like, so before that point... Michael is racing the Lost Boys, because <laughs> it is the Lost Boys, those four boys, and they, uh, they, like, end up on, like, a, it's like a bridge, and they, like, jump off the bridge, and, like, Michael's freaking out because he thinks they're, like, committing suicide or whatever, and then he looks down, and they're all just, like, hanging down from the underside of the bridge, and, like, screaming and wait- waiting for the train to pass over them. 
because like apparently that's something that they do <laughs> and so they're like chanting Michael Michael like to get him to like join them or whatever and so he does and then like after a minute they all just like jump down into like the fog and so like it's a weird sequence but like when Michael jumps he ends up like back at home in his bed <laughs> and then while all of that is happening uh their mom Lucy is like looking for a job and she runs into like it's like either a video store or like um what was like maybe a music store Maybe it was like either a music store or like a video store. I know they had like TVs on sale, so I don't know what that was. But uh, there's a guy running the store. His name is Max, and like he gives Lucy a job, and you can tell like they're kind of crushing on each other. <laughs> so that's another plot point. Yeah. So then Michael's like just. The more time he spends with the Lost Boys, it's, like, the weirder and weirder stuff gets. Like, they, yeah. at some point, finally invite him back to their little, their little cave, their little man cave. It's like a hotel that got buried underground, is what they say it is. It's cool looking, for mm-hmm. sure. They have a big picture of Jim Morrison with the <laughs> doors up, and I don't know why. I think maybe because he's secretly a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe it. Uh, yeah, so then eventually they have Michael, what, like, drink the blood, or, yeah, well, you know. first they have Chinese food. Oh, and, like, and they do the whole worm. <laughs> the, the whole worm thing that is, like, so iconic. They're, like, they're, like, they're, like, hand him some, some rice, and, uh, he, he starts eating the rice, and he goes, how do you like your maggots? It, David's, like, and then, like, Michael looks down, he goes, what? He goes, how do you like your maggots, Michael? And then, like, it, like, zooms in on it, and it's, like, maggots instead of rice, and he, like, throws the box, <laughs> and David goes, what, you don't like rice? <laughs> That's so and, funny. And he looks down at his rice again, and then, and then he's like, how about some noodles? You want some noodles? He's like, all right. And then he takes the noodles, he's like, I didn't realize you liked eating worms. <laughs> Which is, like, exactly what happens in what we do in the shadows. And they say directly what we do in the shadows, like, we stole that from the lost boy. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, like, Funny. then he, he, like, throws the noodles down, too, and then, uh, and then they, like, bring out this, like, big, fancy bottle, and they, like, or, like, tell him, hey, you should drink some of this, and yada yada, and then, like, Star goes up and goes, don't drink it, it's blood. He goes, goes, really? Because <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Basically, like, the whole, like, tricking him out thing, like, you know, now he doesn't believe anyone because of the, yeah. the whole tricky thing. And so he drinks some of the blood, and then he... Like, and so, like, everyone's chanting, like, Michael, Michael, and... <laughs> and Star's all upset. She's like, no, don't make him do this. And, yeah. But, you know, he chooses to, and he's kind of chill about it. And then they, they... Oh, we've got to talk about the song. We uh, can maybe talk about that later. Cry, little sister. <laughs> well, I was thinking of the other song. The, oh, Thou shalt not kill. Dude, that's, that song is so... 80s and weird. It's so weird. But it fits the tone it of does. the movie. Because it's a kind of a movie with an odd tone. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Like, it's 
dark for sure, but they definitely take joy in these little kind of silly moments. Yeah. Um, so that's something I really dig about it. Yeah. But yeah, so basically the rest of the movie is like, younger brother is kind of upset that older brother is being turned into a vampire. Yeah. He, um, my own brother is shit-sucking vampire! <laughs> Star is upset because she loves Michael and she's like, no, I don't want him to be a vampire. He, also, he's they, too good for this. They find a kid that um, is part of the vampire troupe. His name is Laddie. He's like nine. And like, there's one shot where uh, you realize that he's like on a missing person's milk carton. <laughs> Yeah, so basically they're, like, kind of just stealing little kids out of the town, too. Yeah. Um, and then Younger Brother starts to suspect that the mom's boyfriend is the leader of the vampires, so there's a whole bunch of shenanigans with that. Yeah, uh, it, like, looks like he's not, because, like, they invite him into the house, and then, uh, so, like, they put garlic in his food, and, like, spray him with holy water, and, um... They, like, turn the lights off, and, and like, he's supposed to glow if he's a vampire. And then, um, and then the last thing is, like, when they turn the lights back on, they show a mirror in his face, but, like, you can see his reflection. And so it's really funny, because, like, they just ruined this mom's dinner date. <laughs> but, like, you know, it turns out it's true, and, like, all of his, like, odd things that made him a vampire, like went away because he was invited into the house, is how it's explained, I Which think. is a nice twist. Yeah. It's kind of, it, yeah, but the whole thing is just kind of funny, and, you know, there's a big old fight in, mm -hmm. against him in the house, and, yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, like, it ends, like, with the fight against Max, the mom's boyfriend, the very end, because he, like, he basically says, like, something about wanting a family, and so, like, he was gonna um, turn her into a vampire and then her boys so that he could just have a big family, which is, like, really weird. Yeah, and then, and, and Michael hasn't, like, fully become a vampire yet, because mm -mm. there's fully turn, he has to make his first kill. Yeah, um, but they take him out to do that and he, like, freaks out and leaves. Yeah, um, so he ends up <laughs> my not... That's my favorite part of the whole movie, though, because, like, they take him out and, like, um, Run DMC and Aerosmith's Walk This Way is playing in the background while they're murdering people. <laughs> it's, like, this big bonfire, and, like, there's this one specific shot that's my favorite, and it's, uh, David, uh, <laughs> biting into a bald dude's head. <laughs> and it's really about that. funny. Yeah. It's, like, I'm a month. But, yeah, but the... This whole movie just has a wonderful aesthetic. So I described it... When we were picking movies to talk about tonight, I told Marty, like, oh, I want to talk about The Lost Boys because it's a summer movie. Mm -hmm. um, and it's starting to get warm here and starting to feel like summer. Because, like, yeah. the whole aesthetic centers really around the boardwalk and this idea of, like, a boardwalk town. Um, kind of grungy, but, like, also kind of fun. Mm -hmm. but very much in that way, I guess, that, like, it reflects the characters of The Lost Boys because they're you know, these grungy teenagers who live in a cave and, like, mm -hmm. just goof around most of the time and have fun, but then there's, like, this big dark side to them, too. So I like the way that it's reflected in the town. And, like, okay, there's all this bright, cool stuff happening on the boardwalk, but there's also a darkness to the town. Yeah. 
it's really a fun twist on that because you don't normally see that kind of thing happen with movies about summertime or like mm-hmm. you know movies about being on the beach you don't you don't see a lot of like the grungy stuff that happens there because there is a lot of grungy stuff that happens on the beach well especially in the 80s like I don't yeah. know about I don't know about Santa Carla specifically but well it's just... a made-up town it was Santa Cruz but they changed the name oh okay okay yeah but, like, just the 80s in general, uh, there was... So I'm a little bit of a true crime junkie. Like, not hardcore, but I like to listen to true crime podcasts every now and then. Mm-hmm. And it is unbelievable how many serial killers there were in the 80s. And, like, how much just weird stuff and kids going missing. And it's funny because a lot of people act like the world has gotten more dangerous, but in actuality it's gotten less dangerous. Yeah, uh, because information yeah, yeah we're just moves reporting so fast. More often. Yeah, we're just reporting it more often. Um, it's more sensationalized now, I guess. Yeah. But there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened in the eighties, and um, and you know, you hear a lot about like Chicago or Detroit or like New York during that time period and how bad the crime was, but you never really hear about like some of the beach town, like this stuff in California you never really hear about, so I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I actually really love that aspect. I also love the aspect of how many people could read this movie as, like, a gay film. Um, Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's made by, like, it's directed by Joel Schumacher, who is, like, who is, like, a very out gay man during the 80s and 90s, and (laughs) I feel like he did put a lot of uh, thought into the aesthetics of it based on, like, the the gay scene during the time period because there's a lot of like what the lost boys wear is very uh reminiscent of like the the punk gay scene during that time period and um i mean i guess you could say that it's like a little controversial because of like the fact that they're supposed to be the villains or whatever but really like the person who's the big villain is like this person who's trying to force them into a nuclear family so that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So like I think uh personally I think any vampire film is like inherently gay <laughs> in some way except for arguably Near Dark is pretty like hetero for a for a I still feel like film, it's but gay though. <laughs> yeah, but like it, I feel like it at least appeals to gay audiences because of mm-hmm. the aesthetic of it. Yeah. So like I don't know, there's just something about like even if a vampire film centers around a straight relationship just the aesthetic there's, is always so inherently gay and, like, borrows so from with, gay culture. With, with Lost Boys in Your Dark both, the there is, like, a like hetero relationship at, like, the, the forefront of the, the films. But, like, there's, like, this tension between, like, the, the like, antagonist figure vampire versus, like, the main character mm-hmm. always. There's, like, this weird gay tension between them and and the and the, I love it. Yeah, well and these group this both have these groups of male characters who have a very arguably like homoerotic subtext just among the group. Um I'm, I mean Near Dark had more women in there. Yeah. But the um The Lost Boys though, it's like all guys and then Star. Yeah, and Star and then Laddie who's like nine. Yeah. And then arguably the gayest vampire film of the 80s for sure is Fright Night. Oh, which, for like, sure. Oh my gosh, just the whole thing's basically a 
a metaphor for coming out. At least the storyline with with the friend who gets turned into a vampire is. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the Lost Boys is just dripping in that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And um, I really dig it. I was kind of, I was one of those people who was kind of unsure about it at first, really. Yeah. Because I did have that concern of like, okay, you know, are they painting gay people as predators? Because these vampires clearly have some homoerotic undertones. But then, like, the fact that it's directed by a gay man really helps. Yeah. And I feel like, in a way, you know, a lot of people will say that this is offensive. That, like, oh, why do villains... Like, it's been a common criticism that's um, aimed at Disney as well. It's like a lot of the villains in Disney films have kind of homoerotic undertones. Like, yeah, like the Ursula, gay Yeah, one. Ursula was based on a drag queen. Divine. or like. Yeah, (laughs) or, you know, Radigan, who is, like, obviously exes with Basil. (laughs) Um, You know, some of that kind of stuff. And, like, a lot of people criticize it and say, oh, that's kind of offensive. But, like, I feel like there's another subset of the gay community that's really embraced that. Mm -hmm. And been like, well, because I think a lot of us, we relate to the outsiders because that's, you know, always how we're treated. So we're like, no, let's rally around these villains and we love this, and we love their camp and their style, and I think it's similar, like, especially in the horror community, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, like, gay people relate very strongly to monster films as oh, well. Definitely. Like, I mean, Creature from the Black Lagoon is one that I relate to, or mm-hmm. The Fly, and even though these are, like, pretty heteronormative films at their core, there's still a lot to relate to mm-hmm. for someone who feels like an outsider, in a straight culture. And so that's yeah. that's the thing that really got me to like the Lost Boys. Is like, okay, you know, these characters are outsiders. They're supposed to be monsters, but we they're relate just, to them. They're and, just having fun. Yeah, and, and they like, have a really nice aesthetic. And even, um, like, I think there's something kind of powerful about that in a way. About, like, champion, championing the outsiders... Side note, The Outsiders is also a movie that has some very gay Oh, it does. (laughs) Definitely. Even though Essie Hinton will tell you, no, they're all straight. But, like, no, that that movie has a lot of gay aesthetic to it. (laughs) But the the whole thing with being an outsider, I I relate to it a lot, mainly because I'm non-binary. And so... I, I seem I, I tend to dress myself and present myself in a way that inherently others me and so the aesthetics in this film actually really helped me with you know my dysphoria with not presenting the way I want to outside of like clothing mm-hmm. um, which is is a thing I'm really grateful for that films like this use those aesthetics and uh, kind of really inspire LGBT people to, like, live in ways that feel the most comfortable to them. And I... <laughs> Their style's so good. Well, yeah. the nice thing about it, too, is it's very androgynous. Mm-hmm. They are, so... they are, like, they all have very long hair. They wear mesh shirts. They've got these leather jackets and tight pants, and, and it's great. <laughs> yeah. My favorite is uh, Marco's ramen noodle hair. That's a... Uh... Oh my gosh. <laughs> so Marco is played by Alex Winter, who is also uh, Bill S. Preston from uh, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. 
<laughs> but he's, he's, like, my favorite vampire of the whole group, just because, like, even though he doesn't have, like, a lot of, like, speaking roles, just, like, the, the way he interacts with other people in the background is just so silly and funny, and, like, just watching it is one of my favorite things. He's got this jacket that's, like, literally made of patches, though, and it's, like, so cool. Um, I want one. I know. It's got, like, these naked mermaid ladies, like, all over it, and it's it's really great. I just keep thinking about their hair, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which, again, like, I'm never gonna go back to having long hair, but if I did, I would want it to look like that, because... Yeah, I've been thinking about getting a mullet, because, you know, that's, like, a punk thing to do, is to get a mullet, and I just keep thinking about how David had a mullet, and it looked great. <laughs> he pulls it off. He does. It's like this bleached, spiked-up mullet in the front. But it is Keith or Sutherland from, like, the 80s when he was, like, younger. You know, he's got that face for it. So going back to, um, the gay-codedness of them. The the fact that, like, they're shown as just, like, having fun, and it's, like, not intended to be malicious, kind of helps, like, break that trope of, like, evil gay kids even like even if it's not like stated outright that they are gay because like they they literally are just like eternal teenagers just wanting to have fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um I feel like that's something that you don't see often with like villain characters or antagonists I should say because like the main villain is the guy forcing them into a nuclear family with this other family. Um, uh, well, like, also, in a lot of gay films, and I mean, I know this film isn't, like, explicitly gay, but in a lot of films that are gay or deal with LGBT themes, it's, the characters are so sad all the time. Yeah. And it focuses so much on, like, the hardships of being gay and and the yeah. more sad aspects of it. So I do like getting to see gay-coded characters just having fun and enjoying themselves. Like, even even in some films where, like, it's not stated outright that a character is gay, if they're, like, gay-coded, sometimes they act really sad. Mm-hmm. Like... Well, like, Reanimator. Yeah. <laughs> Although, okay, we'd love... He's more angry than anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Going, going back to, like, the creature from the Black Lagoon, he, he lashes out because he isn't accepted and it's very sad to watch or you know dracula he broods in his castle and like only comes out when he feels like he has a chance to like bring someone to his side Mm. you know or a fright night which that whole story arc with the friend who gets turned into a vampire is just really depressing actually but um like with the lost boys it's like they, they aren't doing really anything except having fun and wanting people to, like, join their friend group, really. is <laughs> like, what they're doing with, like, the whole, like, drink our blood and then kill someone and you'll be one of us. They have a new friend. <laughs> well, I think that there's something to be said, too, about, like, maybe the lack of positive role models for them. Because you have to remember, this was the 80s. And yeah. so, like, it was not very many gay people were out in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So if you're a teenager and you're trying to come to terms with that and you don't have any sort of positive older role models in that community, then it is 
it, it, it's understandable why they would kind of go wild and like fall into this crowd with this older guy who's clearly manipulating and taking advantage of them. Yeah. Because they just don't have, you know, any good role models. And that kind of falls in with, like, some stuff that happens in the gay community in real life. Like, there, there's a lot of younger gay men who will end up with, like, with, like, older men because they feel like that's the only way they're going to be taken care of, but it ends up being really bad for them because they're being manipulated. And that's not to say that always happens, but, like, it's it's a big thing that does happen is that, you know, men take advantage of the fact that, that these young men and boys are desperate, you know, for help or acceptance, and they just, like, feed off of it. And that that does kind of parallel with, like, the relationship that's implied between Max and the other boys. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that happens, and... It's, it's not fun. Um, yeah, well, I think, like, also now you're given a lot more options as a gay person. It's more accepted. Um, but I think back then there was so much propaganda of, oh, gay people are predators, and especially with the AIDS crisis. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so, you know, you could look at it from the point of view of, like, okay, these kids are coming to terms with their sexuality, and they're told that they're monsters and predators, so, you know, that's what they become, because they're like, oh, that's what everyone's telling me I am, so I guess that's what I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna live recklessly, because that's, you know... And that there's no alternatives for them, versus, like, now, you know, there's a lot more alternatives, so... Mm -hmm. You know, you you can be gay and accepted much more readily now than um than back then and that's not always the case i know a lot of people still aren't accepted but you know if you look to the community there's a lot more people who can and will support you mm-hmm. you know e- even if it's not immediate family or friends and that's that helps a lot especially because like you know we have the internet now and it's really easy to you know find communities through the internet um, to talk to. And, of, of course, like, with everything, you have to be careful of it. But, you know, it's it's a lot easier to, to feel like yourself now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> There's all that on the table. <laughs> yeah. Any, yeah, any opportunity to talk about gay shit, honestly, I'm there for. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, and, like, especially regarding horror movies. Because there are so many, so, so many horror movies with gay subtext. And there are. it's just really, really fun to look at them. And I think a lot of them, again, like I said, maybe you could look back and say that it's offensive or that it paints gay people in a negative light. But I think a lot of, a lot of people in the LGBT community have embraced these films. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, I was just about to say, like... For the time period, it it was very progressive, and, you know, nowadays, there are people who, you know, say it's, you know, not exactly, like, the pinnacle of, like, representation, but, like, a lot of people keep coming back to that movie because it was, like, a big part of, like, the history of, you know, LGBT representation, even mm-hmm. though, like, the, the main character, like, the, the main, like, 
LGBT character in the whole film was, like, the antagonist. It was still, like, oh, hey, there's someone who cross-dresses and sings about it and is, like, kind of a really cool character. Yeah. And the film was so widely embraced by the LGBT community, and I think it gave them a place to meet each other and a, mm-hmm. an outlet. And that's very important. Yeah. I love that movie. I do too. <laughs> Sorry, I hope it gets put on it. Netflix so we should so we get to talk about it. Yeah. I yeah. Horror musicals too, man. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> uh, okay, speaking of musical stuff, can we go back to the like the, the music in this film because it, yes, please. It's so cheesy, but in like the best way, in that way that that just makes this film drip with eighties aesthetic. Cry, little sister. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> and they repeat that song about three times, right? Yeah, it plays at the very beginning during the opening credits. It plays again, I think, during the like weird sex scene between Michael and Star. And then I think it plays again at the end sometime. Yeah, that, so, I think that's right. It just... It, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. That, oh my gosh. And, you know... The, the movie is just very funny and has, like, a great overall, like, weird conglomerate tone of, like, a bunch of things. And, like, so, like, you have, like, the younger brother, Sam, and, like, his friends, Edgar and Alan, and they're, like, trying to solve the, the vampire problem by, like, just, like, go- walking right into their den and stabbing them. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, actually kill Marco that way. He, like, they, like, walk in and stab him, and then he, like, falls down. (laughs) And, like, so this isn't something that's picked up very often, but when they stab him, Marco's blood has glitter in it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So you're saying that the Lost Boys invented the sparkly vampire before Twilight did? They did. It's true. (laughs) I mean, they die in the sunlight, but, like, their blood had glitter in it. (laughs) And so... They do that, they, like, infiltrate the mom's date and, like, make him eat garlic and, and like, you know, spray him in the face with holy water and a bunch of other stuff, and then <laughs> there's just this... Yeah, you have all these, like, wacky shenanigans going mm-hmm. on and between the, the grandpa, kids. Oh, okay, the funniest <laughs> the thing is the very end, when it, when the grandpa comes in, he, like, is, he, like, basically just, like, drives his, like tractor or something into the house and like he slams on the brakes and it like throws like this big giant stake into max (laughs) because it turns out he's like the main vampire and it kills him but like (laughs) the grandpa drives the tractor or whatever it is through the house stabs max with it and like throws him into the the fireplace and then the grandpa gets out Walks over to the fridge, grabs a beer, he goes, those damn vampires. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one... how the movie ends. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. Oh I mean, God. it's so fitting that this movie ends on a punchline. Because, like, it just wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be. So didn't you say at one point there was a different ending where it was revealed the grandpa was a vampire? Oh, uh, yeah. I think originally in the script that it was, like, the the vampire clan had, like, at least it wasn't... Like, the grandpa wasn't a part of it, but, like, he was a vampire, and so, like, all his dates he was gonna go out and, like, suck people's blood and stuff. (laughs) I think they cut that just because, like, they didn't need it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I, I kind of like that the grandpa is more like a vampire hunter. <laughs> I kind of like that, too. I just think it's really funny. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cute. And, um... <laughs> and then the Frog Brothers. <laughs> oh, gosh. The, the whole, like, ending battle sequence thing where the, the Frog Brothers and Michael and Sam are, like, inside, uh, Michael and Sam's house. And, like, the, the vampires come in <laughs> and they're fighting them. <laughs> There's so many puns about it. Like, they throw Paul into a bathtub full of holy water and garlic, and he just melts. And then, like, his blood gets into the pipes, and it, like, spurts out through, like, the sink and, like, the shower head and everything. It's really cool. But, like, they kill they kill the other vampire. Um, his name is Dwayne. And they, like, throw him into a stereo setup. And, like, they say this stupid pun, but I can't remember for the life of me what it was. Oh, they <laughs> they just say, death by stereo. <laughs> and, like, they just electrocute him to death, and then he explodes. And that just leaves David and Michael. <laughs> and, like, it's, like, the weirdest, like, flirtatious battle of, like, the whole movie. Because, like, David is, like, you could have been one of the us... You know, like, and then he says, I would have made you immortal. And then Michael yells, you would have made me a killer! (laughs) (laughs) It was, it's like, it's so funny. And then they just, like, grapple the whole, the whole scene where they're fighting. And they, it ends with, like, throwing David into a pair of antlers and stabs him through the chest. But what's really funny is that, like, he's, like, rocking back and forth on the antlers when he gets stabbed, and then, like, his face goes from, like, being, like, really angry and in pain to, like, being really blissful. <laughs> and, like, it's, like, I don't know, it's, it's, it feels weirdly sexual to, to watch that part. <laughs> and then, right when that happens, Max walks in, and then they have the final fight with Max. And then they, they show Max in his true vampire form, and this is the funniest part. Apparently, Joel Schumacher pissed someone off in the makeup department. So, during that scene, um, <laughs> they made <laughs> they made Max look like Joel Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the modern day equivalent of like Michelangelo being pissed at the at the bishops when he was working on the Sistine Chapel. So yes. he um, so he painted hell where the Pope's seat would be. <laughs> But, like, he, he thought it was funny as hell, and so he kept it, like... See, I love that. He has a sense of humor. Yeah, he's like, oh my gosh. It it's, it really is one of my favorite films, and I I, I love it so much just just because of, like, there there's so much symbolism and, and like, so much on screen that is so beautiful to look at, despite the fact that it's all grungy. And, you know, it... It, it is kind of a, a a story of accepting yourself and, like, doing what you feel is right instead of, like, trying to fall in with people just because they say so, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, but let both Max and the Lost Boys kind of, like, try to force the mom and Michael into their own group. And, like, that's just... It, it is kind of about... A con- like, kind of a consent to a relationship. Mm. 
and I I really do like that. I do too. Like, and I love the Lost Boys. <laughs> they might be rowdy and kind of pressure people into doing things, but they just want to have fun, man. They're style icons. <laughs> style icons. Yeah, so, anything else? Um, I can't think of much of... I can't think of anything. Uh, if you get a chance to watch this movie, I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Like, especially in the summertime's coming up. It's just... Yeah. It just hits that aesthetic right there. I'm not sure if they'll put it back on Netflix soon, but, uh, if it, if it does, make sure you, you know, like, bookmark it and watch out for it, because, like, if you haven't seen this one, it's one that you definitely should watch just because it's, it's loads of fun. Yeah. It's like, it's like the 80s teen movie. It really is. <laughs> it's, it's great. Um, so... I guess that's the end of the episode. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, We'll be back pretty soon for our Patreon subscribers with a Patreon special about the new Pet Cemetery movie. So Mm -hmm. stay tuned for that. Um, For those of you who don't know, Lunar Light Studio, which is our our podcasting family, has a Patreon. Donations start at just $1 a month. If you donate, you get access to all sorts of bonus material. From us and all of the other Lunar Light podcasts. I think if you donate more than a dollar, I think like five dollars a month, you get access to like live streaming and like a bunch of other stuff. And it's it's really fun and 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 cool. Yeah. So be sure to check that out. Um, check out Lunar Light Studio on Twitter at Lunar Light HQ. Uh, you can find Netflix and Kill on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. Um, I'm there at Kai the Jedi. That's K-Y the Jedi. Um, and you can find me at Frosty the R0Bot on, um, on Twitter. I almost said Instagram, but that's not right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So Frosty the R0Bot on Twitter. Um, you can also find other shows, um, on our network, including Whatcha Call It. Good uh, Boys, Girls. Advertising. Overwitch. Uh, Storyboard, <laughs> super, Ending Pending. <laughs> super Bootleg Podcast 7. There's so many of them. They're all so good. They're so good. We, I think our newest addition is Artificial Ghost Radio. And Comradical. And with, Comradical. Uh, Haley. Yes. Haley and Johnny. Yes. Are the hosts of Comradical. Words are hard today. Yeah. Uh, so thank you. Be sure to check those out. Uh, We'll be back soon with some new cool content for you. And as always, may your nightmares be plentiful.